this article is saying that we're turning it around. More black millennials are becoming homeowners. More people out there, more, more, you know, more black people specifically are figuring out that the wealth gap that is actually getting wider during COVID between whites and blacks, according to this article, can be closed a little bit by understanding that homeownership is the leading way to build wealth in the United States of America. Perhaps the world, but definitely here. Okay. And and if you know that to be the case and you're not working on becoming a homeowner, you are part of the problem, not the solution. Okay. And maybe you're okay being part of that problem and that's okay. Really. I'm not, this is not the goal. This show is not to beat you up. It's just to get you thinking right now. Do you understand why the disparity, why there's a huge wealth gap between African-Americans and, and, you know, and non-African-Americans? What, what's the, it's a mindset thing. We can change it. You know, on this show, we end every show with don't buy a house, buy a deal. So if you're going to enter the home ownership marketplace, you've got two distinct choices here. Choice one, and again, I'm not just talking to blacks, I'm talking to everybody right now, okay? Choice one is you can be so eager to buy a home that you buy a retail-priced property right at, or in this case, because most markets are so high, you could be buying above market and not even know it, okay? No, don't do that. Don't do it. Check, check, one, two, one, two. Turn it up, turn it up. Welcome to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. The tides are turning, the time is now. You're home for the mindset, methodology, and tools needed to invest in foreclosures. Don't you dare buy a house, buy a deal. You need to get into this right now. Right now, yeah. And now your host, the Foreclosure Deals Coach, Donnie Corum. Welcome back to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. I am your host and Foreclosure Deals Coach, Donnie Corum. Ah, my people. My digital people. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, executive producer, and the guy that keeps this show sounding so awesome, Mr. Jonathan Winston. Hello, hello. How's it going? I'm here. You are here. How's life, man? What's what's the house? Uh, life's going pretty well, man. I uh, I've just been well going into the last quarter of the year. Obviously, you know we've had a wild year with all the corona and stuff. Um, but I just kind of set the intention and put my mind to you know uh, closing out the year strong. Um, and, you know, setting a foundation for, you know, what I wanted to do in 2021, um, you know, things are developing, you know, as far as, you know, closing, potentially closing on some things and getting some deals done on my end. So that's been really nice. Uh, but I really, uh, I really enjoyed the opportunity to kind of just plan out 2021 and, you know, um, almost, it's almost like taking my time with it, but still having that sense of urgency because it's like, you know, we still obviously right now we still only have like a half a month left until uh that you know until 2021 runs around but you know in october and november it kind of you know gave me the opportunity to ask myself what i'm looking for you know what i'm looking to accomplish why are these things important to me um and then once you're able to kind of like 
put those things out on the board and kind of put those things out into the ether, then you kind of work backwards from that and start figuring out, okay, how am I going to get to these things? And, you know, what is, what are some things that might stop me from getting there? And, you know, what are some things that I need to hang my hat on? So, you know, when times get a little bit rough and, you know, you know, maybe, you're not as motivated as before. What can I go back to to keep me, you know, on task and on point uh, to make sure I'm moving forward in the right direction? So, um, you know, last year I got my license kind of around this time. I mean, just being a new agent and kind of just being bright eyed, you don't, you know, your 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 understanding of how much planning will it will take to be as successful as you want to be is, you know, it might not be there. But you know, having gone through the year and you know going through all the task and things that we've gone through now, I definitely saw the need for that. And I am happy and uh, kind of proud that I'm putting in the work and, you know, setting myself up for what I believe should be a profitable and successful and, um, you know, 2021 and giving me the opportunity to help a lot of people out either by making deals with them, helping them buy homes, you know, potentially listing stuff with them, just all sorts of things. So I'm excited. I love that, man. That's incredible. And I have to tell you that uh, one of the things that I took from that is uh, helping people because that's the business that we're in. And, and whether you're a real estate agent, you're a wholesaler, you're a fix and flipper, um, you're a landlord, your your goal should be in the real estate space to help people to achieve their objective. And the interesting thing about this objective is we all need a place to live. You know, right. it, it's a basic human need to have housing. So since everybody needs it if you can take the angle of i want to help people to achieve a need they must have think about how many restaurants there are right how, how can we operate with so many damn restaurants well human beings have to eat right yeah. so we need housing and we need food so two industries that basically can't fail long term anyway are real estate and restaurants right because we have to eat and we have to live somewhere. So if you take the mindset of helping people to achieve an objective they have to do anyway, you're going to do great. And that, that goes across the board. You know, Let's get into the show today um, because it's kind of along that line a little bit. The article and, and largely the title of the show is More Black Millennials Are Becoming Homeowners. It was produced by Realtor Magazine, which talked about how that 5% of African-Americans purchased homes during the first three months of 2020, which is up 1% compared to a year ago. Now, why is this important? Well, if you haven't figured it out yet, I happen to be a black guy, right? And, uh, you know, you can't tell on the podcast you know, but I am. And um, obviously, there's been a disparity between African-American home ownership, or maybe not obviously, maybe you didn't know this, but in a lot of cases, the wealth transfer of the world is largely controlled by Caucasians. You know, I'm not blaming anybody. I personally am doing fine. You know what I mean? And there, there's been a shift in recent years where more and more African-Americans are becoming affluent. And of course, that's super exciting for me as an African-American, but it's even more exciting for me as an affluent African-American because <laughs> more money, more money, more money, right? But, but here we are, we got this younger generation. And I have to tell you for years, I've been approaching the, I guess we didn't know there were millennials at the time, but the younger generation, they're saying 26 to 39 and, and saying, you guys need to consider owning homes. But I can tell you that that message is not as prevalent in the African-American community. 
It is not pushed as much. The, the wealth building strategies in general are not pushed as much, but there's just a common theme, especially in urban, you know, African-American dominated communities that you got to pay the rent this month. Okay. That, that's a mindset that runs very, very deep. You know, and I don't want to go into long detail, but I think it really, if you take it back into the slavery era, it's a remnant from that where, you know, we weren't even allowed to own real estate, you know, and then as the slaves were freed, we were supposed to be given 40 acres and a mule. That was our first foray into homeownership and, and a surprising percentage, okay, passed on the land and stayed largely in slavery. Like they may have been freed slaves, but they were still working on the land that they had worked for before because there was a hesitancy to become homeownership and the responsibility that came from that. And, and you would think a couple hundred years later, we would be over that. But, you know, we're not. Yeah. And even that, you know, combined with um, like the, pre- the prevalence of sharecropping, back in those days to where, you know, you might have land that you're working, like you're kind of, uh, you know, alluding to and you're talking about, but again, it's owned by somebody else. And now right. you have a quota to meet for that year. And if you aren't meeting that quota, or if you aren't, you know, working to the, to the level that the owner would like, now you're facing, you know, depending on who's, who you're dealing with, you know, uh, pretty dire consequences. So it's just one of those things that, you know, it's kind of, again, we talk about mindset a lot and uh, you know, we, we have to change our mindset in the present to be able to understand money, but we also have to kind of look back on our past and be able to kind of break the, uh, break the cycle, cycle break the cycles <laughs> of that stuff. And it's been going on for a long time. And, you know, uh, Lawrence Yoon, who's the NAR National Association of Realtors chief economist says, Quote, the fact that black home purchases are much higher now compared to before the pandemic is quite a surprise, you know, and I I don't feel like he meant that to be insulting, but you could see how that could be construed as, well, finally, these guys figured this out. (laughs) It, It only took a pandemic. You know, so we have to be careful not to take offense to that because I know that wasn't the intention, but understand that there has been a huge disparity Home ownership was 46.4% for blacks compared to 67.4% for whites. We're talking about a 20% disparity between white home ownership and black home ownership. And in that same breath, we wonder as a culture why wealth transfer doesn't seem to be happening as much in the black community as it does in the white community. For me, I could read that statistic and tell you why. The largest wealth building mechanism available in the United States of America is home ownership. No lack of clarity on that at all, okay? If you are paying rent, listen, you have to be where you are, okay? And I'm not knocking renters at all. I am saying if you have to be in a rental position because you're building your empire, you're getting your down payment going, you're working on your credit, et cetera, kudos to you, but that should not be your long-term strategy, right? Right. But it goes further because the home ownership gap, according to a recent report from Morgan Stanley, also mentioned in this article, is that the denial rate on black and Hispanic applicants are a key factor here. Whereas 16% of black households are denied a mortgage, 12% of Hispanics were for 
refused a mortgage in 2019 compared to 8% of white households. Okay, is there still racism in the mortgage lending industry? You better believe it. Okay, we did a whole show on appraisals and the impact when I was selling a $1.2 million house in Highlands Ranch, Colorado, just the general fear I felt when the appraiser identified me as one of the homeowners on this property. I was scared to death. The appraisal wouldn't come in, you know? And my wife, who is Caucasian, of course, thought that was silly. Homeowner, home values are home values, but it's a very real thing. We found articles proving time and time again that on a large occasion, Homes owned by blacks come in lower on appraisals than homes owned by white people. That's just fact. These are statistics. And now here's another statistic that says that percentage-wise, but twice as many black households are denied a home mortgage as white households. Now, is their credit just worse? Could be. It's a fact. It's a factor. Yeah. Right. For sure. Obviously, we know for certain that blacks tend to have lower credit scores. You know, call that bad financial planning on our part. Call that lack of information. Who knows? But that's a fact. Or is the system still kind of slanted against us? And this is not me on the show whining and complaining. Oh, my God, that we we need to do something about this. Listen, if you're a fellow African-American listener to the show here, you need to know these disparities exist and work towards fixing it in your own household. Right. Right. You can complain all you want, but things aren't fair. Nobody cares. They really don't guys. So <laughs> you start fixing your credit, start saving your money, start, you know, uh, learning about money. That's, it, that's a, that's a real thing. Like, uh, you know, you just, people just have this idea of, Oh, the money comes in. I spend it on stuff. I want, I spend it on my bills and then I look up and then I don't have any money until I get paid again. But people who have lots of money don't view money that way. That's not, that's, they're making their money work for them <laughs> a majority of the time <laughs> when they have it. So, you know, you have to educate yourself as well. And that's, you know, that's something that we can do. That's something that you can do as your, you know, as an individual, that's something that you can in, uh, encourage people to do um, in your in your neighborhoods and you know in your churches and different places around you, because um, that's you know that's the start of everything is you know equipping yourself and educating yourself. Absolutely, and it's on us. It's on us as a culture. We can no longer blame uh, the slave era from 400 years ago for our problems. Like we we can no longer blame the imbalance of the economy on our problems. We have to, as a culture, as a people, now identify the problems that are internal to our thought processes and fix them. And then if you can, if you can find clear, I mean, here's a problem, like covert racism has gotten so good at existing that the Ku Klux Klan is not out burning crosses on people's lawns anymore. They found other ways to screw around with us. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's so quiet and covert that you need a lot of evidence. If you just start yelling, this is racist in your bank when your loan officer comes out and denies your loan, you can't, you can't, you have to find evidence of it. I would tell you that the evidence is not as obvious as it once was. And in a lot of cases, it doesn't exist at all. A lot of cases, it is just a reality we've created in our head. Okay. I'm not saying it's not still out there. I'm not, we got, again, this, this article proves it's still out there. I'm saying it is far deeper than it used to be. And in more cases than not, it's caused by stuff we're doing ourselves. 
You see what I'm saying? Like it, not always, but it, it's more case than that. So you've got to evaluate just what you were saying about, you know, your economic policy in your own household. Are you living check to check? Right. Are you making bad financial choices? You know, and this goes whether you're black or not. This is not I'm not talking African-American specifically. I'm talking Hispanics. I'm talking to whites. I'm talking to everybody. You know, are you poor because of the choices that you're making? You know, and I will tell you, in my experience, dealing with lots of people who are want to be real estate investors, want to be wholesalers in like 90 percent of the cases, I can spend about 15, 20 minutes with somebody and determine their mindset and why they are where they are. OK, and it's it's. Sometimes it's generational. It was passed down from your parents had a belief system. So now you have that belief system. Sometimes it's, it's fiscal. You just, you know, you didn't get the proper training or advice on how to handle money. And sometimes it's just blatant ignorance, plain and simple, you know, and again, this is not bad. Ignorance is a lack of information, right? So we all have a certain degree of ignorance, right? right. If right. I knew all of the answers here, I'd be a multi-billionaire. I don't know. There's certain things I am still ignorant about, but I'm working towards opening those doors through education and pursuit of knowledge and being open to the fact that if you had all of your economics figured out, you wouldn't be broke. Hi, this is Donnie Corum, your foreclosure deals coach. One of the things we talk about on the show is the importance of great foreclosure data and helping you to find a great deal on a foreclosure property. But where do you find this data? You're certainly not going to find it on Realtor.com. You can't get it on your local MLS. So we have partnered with data provider Foreclosures.com to get you the latest and greatest in foreclosure listings right there in your local market. These properties are not hit the market in most cases, and when they have been foreclosed, gives you easy access to find out more detail so you can get the best deal on a foreclosure property. Getting started is super easy. Head on out to foreclosuredealscoach.com and click on the link labeled foreclosure list. Enter your zip code for a free seven-day trial of the best foreclosure listing data available in your local market. These properties are not even on the market yet, so you can get a jump on them and get a great deal. Once again, this is Donnie Corm, your foreclosure deals coach. We'll look forward to seeing you there. Right? Like that's, that's, that's just, it's not a, you're not a victim of circumstance. Very, very few of us are a victim of circumstance. Most of us are a victim of choices, you know, and clearly I've made some good choices because I, I've managed to build a decent real estate empire. But along the way, I can tell you about numerous choices that were horrible along the way. Okay. Numerous choices, not, not one or two. And I'm sure your story has that as well. But this, this article is saying that we're turning it around. More black millennials are becoming homeowners. More people out there, more, more, you know, more black people specifically, are figuring out that the wealth gap that is actually getting wider during COVID between whites and blacks, according to this article, can be closed a little bit by understanding that homeownership is the leading way to build wealth in the United States of America. Perhaps the world, but definitely here, okay? And, and if you know that to be the case and you're not working on becoming a homeowner, you are part of the problem, not the solution, okay? And maybe you're okay being part of that problem and that's okay. 
really, I'm not, this is not the goal of the show is not to beat you up. It's just to get you thinking right now. Do you understand why the disparity, why there's a huge wealth gap between African-Americans and, and, you know, and non-African-Americans? What, what's the, it's a mindset thing. We can change it. You know, on this show, we end every show with don't buy a house, buy a deal. So if you're going to enter the home ownership marketplace, you've got two distinct choices here. Choice one, and again, I'm not just talking to blacks, I'm talking to everybody right now, okay? Choice one is you can be so eager to buy a home that you buy a retail-priced property right at, or in this case, because most markets are so high, you could be buying above market and not even know it. Okay. No, don't do that. Don't do it, you know, because the appraisals are coming in, right? The house that, you know, we would never have imagined would sell for 380, 390 in the Colorado Springs market. The appraisals are arriving at that 380, 390 market. And as a guy who's selling the house, who's making money on it, I can't help but be excited about selling a retail property to a retail consumer. It is the essence of what I do. Okay, so I, I, don't, I don't feel bad about it. It's my job. Also, I made the house really pretty. You know, it's got new paint and new carpet and stainless steel appliances and newer cabinets and all this. And I did all this work to it, so I deserve to get top of the market for the property, right? But you should not only be considering buying a house, but you should be looking at, does this property need some work? Right. And it goes against everything we've been taught. When you go buy a car, right. And the guy says it has a transmission problem. Do you buy the car? No, no. <laughs> right. Cause you don't want to fix a transmission problem. You probably, unless you're a mechanic, don't even know where to start. Right. So you don't buy that car. We have been trained to buy things in tip top condition. Who trained us that? Rich people, okay, because they want you to pay top of the market. Don't buy a used car, it could have problems. Buy this new car for 10 grand above what it's going to be worth the moment you drive it off the lot. You're gonna lose ten thousand dollars on that purchase, but at least it's covered by warranty, right? Housing, same thing. You know, the new builders are in there. We, it's brand new. It's got new windows and new paint, and it's all in such a beautiful place. And you're overpaying. And they don't even lie to you about overpaying now. They're struggling with the appraisers to get the appraisals to come in at the ridiculous prices they are charging for new built property. I love new builds. Okay, so please don't don't hear this as a you you know new builds are bad. Listen, these the, if you have formed a building company and I worked for a developer was a partner in another development for many years, the amount of work that goes into buying the land, getting the zoning done, pouring the foundation, hiring the guys to put up the framing, getting the drywall contractors in, the list goes on and on and on. They deserve every penny of what they're making right now. Because it's a tough job. But what they've done along the way, they've convinced people that's the only way to go. I am here to be the voice of reason to you and explain to you the black millennials that are now wisely becoming homeowners instead of paying money into the rental system that's just making their landlord rich, is that you seriously consider 
regardless of your race or color, but this article is referring to black people, that you seriously consider buying a deal. Because if you can purchase one of those properties I told you that we didn't believe would sell for 380 or 390, if you can find one of those at 320 to 325, those numbers are not coincidental. We have a property we're selling in exactly that setting right now, okay? And you can go out and paint it. You don't know how to paint? YouTube University, baby. You know, you can learn all of these trades on the fly, and in exchange for doing so, you have taken a property that you purchased for 320 that is now worth, according to the market, 390. And if the, the market continues to go up and all signs say that it's going to for the next couple of years, then a year from now, that property will be worth just over 400. And a year from that point, it could be 425. Okay? And you bought it for 320 and built the ultimate American dream, sweat equity, which is literally you're putting your blood, sweat, and tears into your home to make it your home, and thus you're gaining equity from doing the work. You will be in a far, far better financial position than you will be buying a property at retail. Whether you decide to keep it and pay it off over 30 years, which personally I think is psychotic, but that's only because I've got ADD and being in the same place for too long makes me a little nuts, okay? Whether you decide to rent it out and somebody else is paying down, your, you already started with 60 or 70 grand worth of equity. Now this guy is literally contributing five, $600 a month to your net worth with you doing nothing. Or whether you decide to sell it, you pay 320, you put in five grand worth of parts, okay? You bought some paint, you bought some vanities, you bought some mirrors, and you either had the skill set to fix it up yourself or you, wait for it, learned how to do these things. In the past, learning how to do these things was super involved, right? You had to become an apprentice at a construction company or something. I don't know. I don't really know how you did it short of going to work in that industry. Today, you can Google install mirror. Hey, Donnie. Right? And you will get 80 videos. Yes. Say that again. You kind of broke, you broke up a little bit. Just say you can Google how to uh, install a mirror. Just repeat what you just said. So now you can Google or YouTube, how do I install a mirror? And you'll get 80 videos of professionals who will walk you through how they do it so you can go figure it out. So your excuse that I know nothing about, my excuse that I know nothing about construction is no longer valid. No longer valid. I'm in a position now where I can pay people, contractors, to do the work. But if you're just getting started and you're trying to build your empire, do you want to pay down that mortgage over 30 years? Or do you want to start 50, 60, 70 grand ahead by buying a deal? Seems kind of obvious, right? Then why doesn't everybody do it? Because we've been trained otherwise. Yep. especially in the black community.
especially in our community. You know, and it, it's sad, but we can change it. This article is a sign that a change is coming. You know, and regardless of your race, creed, culture, whatever, if you're listening to this show, take this advice, right? Go out and buy yourself a deal. Do the work yourself, okay? The, the fact of the matter is more black households are denied for mortgages than white households, so you got to make sure your credit's on point, that your job is solid, right? That you either had the down payment funds or you served our military so you need nothing down, Right, or you find one of these down payment assistance programs, we can put as little as a thousand dollars down. But I gotta tell you, don't make excuses for not being able to own a home. Don't use this article. So I, I told you we can't get a property. It's not true at all. You're making a choice to stay on the other side of this wealth equation. Right? You now know better. If you spent 20 minutes with me on this show, you now know why you should be looking at these houses that are that come across as dilapidated that need more work. And you should understand perfectly and be proud. Listen, your friends are going to laugh at you. You spent 300 grand on this? Are you insane? But they don't have your vision. They, they don't, don't have, have your knowledge. As it sits today, my wife and I own eight properties, every one of them were bought from a distressed situation. Our entire, so we started 10, 20% ahead of the game. One of them we purchased for $430,000. Today I could comfortably sell it for just over 850. It's 400 grand guys. You know, and do I tell you this to brag? No, I tell you this because I, I had the foresight. I've owned that house for eight years now. I had the, the foresight to realize that by buying another market, I got to tell you, a $400,000 house at the time was a luxury home kind of in general in Colorado Springs, but it was definitely a luxury home for me trying to scrape by if I was going to make that mortgage payment. Okay? And this house smelled like dog piss before you made it to the front door. They had four or five dogs. They just let them run rampant. There were gouges in the hardwood floors from where the dogs had just kind of cut through it. You know, the basement was, they were kind of using it as their, their kennel. Right. People were coming over and going, you paid 430 for this. Are you insane? I go, just wait, just wait. And I painstakingly had the carpet replaced. I refinished the hardwood floors. No, I didn't do it myself. I still don't know how to refinish hardwood floors. I, I saved up the money and I got it done though. And today the house is worth double what I paid for, you know, which is more than, and I paid it down in that time, almost a hundred thousand dollars. Right. So I owe late twos on this property. It's worth 800, 850 grand today, which is more than most people will ever have in their retirement account. I have it in one property and we own seven others. I'm not sharing this with you to brag. I'm saying I'm an African American who doesn't apply to this article because I decided there's a way to change that momentum and that you can as well. You know, you just have to make the choice. You got to make the choice that you're not going to be part of the statistic. You're going to, the statistic is actually showing that it's changing and that it's getting better, which I just, it, it's awesome. It's a great thing that more black millennials are becoming homeowners. Let's continue that trend, but add one caveat. Don't buy a house, buy a deal. Buy something below market and fix it up. It sounds crazy. When you watch the fixing, flipping shows, you don't see a ton of black people doing those shows either. Does that mean it's not happening or they just don't have a show yet? Uh, I think there's a couple. Have you seen any flipping shows with black people? I try try not to watch flipping fantasies, man. I try to to stay in reality. So, (laughs) 
It's true. They're like, it's like bubble gum for your brain. But, but, but the fact of the matter is it, it can be done. You can buy a house below market. You can fix it up. You can benefit from the equity. Or you can buy a retail-priced home and hope for the best. It's still better to buy the retail-priced home and benefit from paying down the mortgage and watching the appreciation. Still better than not being a homeowner. But what if you could build your homeownership empire, put it on steroids by buying a deal? I think you can do it. We certainly want to help. Okay. And to have the help, we're going to ask that you join up in the foreclosure deals coach insiders group. The link will be attached to this very podcast. And if you're ready to really start building your empire, okay, whether you're buying your first house as a flip or you're buying a house to live in for your family, you may consider getting a coach to walk you through that first deal because there's so much emotion attached to home buying, especially your first one. Okay, let's take that emotion out, get a consultant, not a real estate agent, I'm not knocking agents, okay, but the agents are paid a commission based on the more they get you to spend on the property, the more they get paid. So it's very difficult for them to value what you need and what they need at the same time. Okay. As a coach, I'm completely unbiased. I only care about you getting a great deal on the property, because that's in essence what you hired me for to begin with to coach you through the process of buying a deal. Now, what your exit strategy on that deal is, is irrelevant. Whether you're going to buy it to live in it, do the work and sell it later, you're going to turn it into a rental later, whatever your plan is, you're going to flip it, make a quick profit on it. I want to help you with that plan. That's what the coaching product's all about. In the meantime, though, you should join up with the Facebook group, join in the conversation, and if you're evaluating deals in real time right now, we will help you to get through those deals together. We will Dealhunter.io. Dealhunter.io. So you can use that tool to evaluate the properties in real time. But you really got to look at this article, check this out, and understand that a change is coming. We're going to see a great deal more affluent and successful black people. We're going to close the wealth gap over time by just taking steps. But we can speed this up if we buy deals instead of houses. Right? So with that, we're going to wrap up the show based on that, but super excited about this article. So it's a great article. Please take a moment to read up on it. If you have any questions or you want to discuss how you can become a part of that, join up with the Facebook group. We're so excited to have you. We've gone way over time today, but this was a, a uh, something I'm super passionate about, obviously. So hopefully you got something out of it. We appreciate you guys tuning in each and every single week. We appreciate you sharing this out there, putting a, uh, a review about the podcast. Hopefully you're getting something valuable out of it. We're going to keep marching forward, keep bringing you the best information about the foreclosure market week in, week out. And we appreciate you guys being a part of that. With that, this is Donnie Corum, your foreclosure deals coach, thanking you once again for tuning in and reminding you now and always, don't buy a house. Want more of the Foreclosure Deals Coach? Like our Facebook page, Foreclosure Deals Coach, for the latest in real estate and foreclosure investing. Become a part of our community. Search Foreclosure Deals Coach on Facebook to join today.